0: Hallelujah! I don't know why I knew all those old songs, uh, young man like me. But uh, but I knew every word of every one of them, and I enjoyed that. My goodness! If I lived in this area, I'd come to this church. Thank God. Thank God. I, uh, I have a history with this church. I uh, I preached revivals at Pool Bend. I preached revivals at Calvary. And I preached here. Brother Poole was here. It was tangled all up in this church with kinfolk and my wife's kinfolk, and folks that I wish I was kin to, just because you're nice people. Thank God. <clears throat> I was surprised to see some of you old people still here. I don't know how I knew you, but uh, Vernice, Maldine, Beatsy, I don't know how I know y'all. But somehow it just came back to me. It came back to me. Thank God, every one of you, and y'all still up here on the front seat too. Yes, sir. Y'all been here a long time, long time. Shadons, my God. I uh, we were. You don't know how thrilled we were to hear when you when you got this pastor. We uh. uh He's right, Uh, we hadn't personally known each other very much, just speaking and passing. He didn't go to our church, he was underprivileged, went to another church. But uh, uh, we always heard good things about him, always heard good things. Folks said, folks, uh, let me tell you, character means a whole bunch. If you ain't got no character, you ain't got nothing else to offer. Stay out of the pulpit if you don't have any character because you, you can't go any further without character. You may hoop and holler and preach a good sermon, sing a good song, shout a good shout, but if you don't have the right thing in here, you can't go any further. You can't take the church any further. That's far as it goes. And, and we knew him to be a man of character He and his family. And, uh, and uh, I told my wife when I heard he was preaching here, and we hear everything you do. You know everything at Pentecost. We know everything, face, especially since there's Facebook, you know. I don't have Facebook, but I got uh, a thousand face saints to tell us, you know, about everything that's on Facebook. So uh, <laughs> we, uh, we hear plenty. And uh, when we heard he was trying out, I said, he's a perfect fit for that church. I said, he's the perfect man. He's, he's the one. And uh, and we were thrilled when he was elected here, just felt the connection, and uh, felt like God had something good in store for this church. You look so good. You look good. It feels good in here. Smells good in here. Must be good. Must be good. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank you for calling and asking. Uh, he had already asked, but it was a little jump, but... Uh, I was glad to come. Always glad to come here, and uh, and preach to this great church. You won't hear anything new. You've heard everything under the sun, and anything you hadn't heard. But uh, the word of God's always fresh. It's always always fresh, and uh, and I love it. Thank God. Could we just lift our hands and worship a little bit? Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I would have brought a Bible to the pulpit with me, but I'd have been hypocrite because I can't see to read from a Bible. Uh, but uh, I printed up some big words here, and uh, if I come to some of them I can't see, I just say big word and go on. Do the best you can. <clears> 1 <throat> Samuel 24 and verse 16, First Samuel 24 and verse 16. I have a Chuck read at the church for me sometime, have somebody read. And uh, that makes you look old. I never want to look old. I'll, I'll just go ahead and keep looking young like I do now, like I beat you, like we look now, you know. I like this good. I remember the night Beatsy first came to a Pentecostal church and didn't know how to uh, kneel at the altar. Didn't know how to kneel at the altar. And so coming from that good Catholic background, she got up on top of the altar bench and knelt down. And the altar bench was a little bitty narrow one that fella fellow had built, a little wooden one. And it got to rocking around with her and they had to catch her and the altar bench and everything because she was knelt up on top of it. I don't know how I've been here that long. I don't don't know how I've been here. Thank God. I know all of you. Grandma. That's how long I've been here. 1 Samuel 24 and 16 And it came to pass when David had made and end of speaking, these words to Saul, that Saul said, Is this thy voice, my son David? And Saul lifted up his voice and, went and wept. And he said to David, Thou art more righteous than I, for thou hast rewarded me good, whereas I have rewarded thee evil. You can be seated. Thank you. I'm glad to hear those black voices in here tonight. We're about uh, we're about 40 uh, percent black and 40 uh, percent white and 20 percent mixed Chinese, Japanese, whatever, Indian, whatever they are. So we. Uh, We like to hear all that flavor. It adds flavor. And we're used to it and we like it. I'm so glad to see Bernie still kicking here tonight. I miss Brother Joe. Miss Brother Joe. Thank God. This church was born in the fire. And it's going to be difficult for you to live in the smoke. There was a fire started, and once a church is born in that, it's difficult for you to ever settle down and live in anything else. And there's no sense in it. (laughs) There's no sense in it. Uh, We have a society that's trying to pressure us to have normal church. We have a society that doesn't like that uh, uh, spitting in the eye kind of church that we used to have. We have a society that doesn't care about the wildness, they call it. I'm going to tell you, God still moves miraculously in the midst of a people that know how to worship him and exalt him. Hallelujah. All the Bible is is not only about the families and the, their failures and their successes. It, it's not only that, but it's about how we react to the things that happens to us. I've, uh, I've watched over the years uh, the reaction in some people's lives to the tra- You know, tragedies come to every family. We don't want to get talking about the gravesides tonight. We don't want to talk about the hospitals. We don't want to talk about the nursing homes. I'm too close to it to talk about it. I told my wife yesterday we have a bad nursing home in our town. The name of it is Landmark. And uh, She got the cough and got sick. I said, don't make me take you to Landmark. You get up. You get up. Revive yourself. I'm going fan you. Or I'll have to take you to Landmark. That's all it takes for us. We get straight up when people mention Landmark. Uh, But if you're not careful, you get to settle them down. If you're not careful, you get to heaven. Pretty church and the pews are full and, and the choir sounded wonderful and, and you got a great preacher for a man of God and things are great and this building's beautiful and, and that, that settles us down if we're not careful. That settles us down. Things get a little too good. Things get, things get comfortable and, and we decide it's good enough. We can just coast now. And what happens to those kind of churches is, is they get to polishing the same old apples. They get to looking around at each other, judging each other. Those kind of churches, get, uh, uh, they get to watching each other's holiness. They get to looking at each other and see if, if this one's going to pass the test. And they get careful about who they let in. <laughs> they only let in those folks that fit the bill or they let those folks in that are in their family. <laughs> we can excuse our own family, but it'll be hard on the community. This community needs a church whose doors are Open. This community needs a church that invites everybody and anybody, saying, "Come on in, and we'll help you get fixed." <laughs> I hear folks talking about their their standards, and uh, and uh, I think how good that is. We better have a standard. You you better have. You don't everything comes in your life if you don't put up some standards. <laughs> But I hear folks talking about them sometime like that's all there is to God. That's all there is to God. It's, it's just we just, we just look good. for a dress you got on? You're still looking good. But you know what? You got to take those folks that hadn't got a dress like that. You got to take those folks that don't know anything about why you got that hair bundled up on your head. You've got to learn to love them. <laughs> you got to learn to love them. <laughs> and when you get to loving like Jesus loved, you know you know what? Everybody thinks they, they all uh, love Jesus so much. You know what they said about him? You're a wine bibber. You know what that meant? You're over drinking. I said, you're a wine bibber, and you're eating with a bunch of harlots and unclean people. You mix them with the world, sir. I thought that might quieten things down a little bit. Uh, let me tell you, this community still needs a church that welcomes the Alcoholic. Some of you's got some children that's strung out. Some of you got some children that's strung out. And you got some grandchildren that's strung out. And they're a long way from the church. And they need to see more than pretty Pentecostals. <laughs> they need to see some folks that's not afraid to hug their neck. They need to see some folks that's not afraid to dress somewhere besides in a suit and tie who's willing to get out where they are and love them. <laughs> I preached at a little church uh, some few years ago and uh, and they, they used to have me in and say, "We'd like for you to troubleshoot the church." Well, I don't like to be a troubleshooter. it's uncomfortable, it's miserable. But uh, come in and uh, come in," he said. "Just uh, just just preach a night or two and uh, and tell me what you think." So I went in and preached a couple of nights and and just shaking hands with the, with the church members. Just I like people. I like all kinds of people. Uh, I like people that haven't had a bath just lately. I like people who don't know how to brush their teeth. It's all right. I like dope heads and strung out people and alcoholics. I like people who just came out of jail. I deal with them a lot. I like them. I like them. We need them in the church. And uh, just shaking hands with the people, and uh, and one of them said, uh, "Well, well, brother, brother Nugent, I know you, so I'm gonna tell you this." You fixing to hear some stuff when people say that? I said, oh, I said, oh, all right. Said, uh, what happened to our church? We were doing good, but uh, our little piano player got pregnant, and uh, and and the pastor had to set her down, and and it just caused so much, uh, you know, confusion and. Uh, and so it brought a reproach on our church. I said, Well where where is she? Well, he set her down on the pew and, and and the church kind of froze her out. I said, You ever had anybody in your family got pregnant before they got married? Blowed up, you know. Don't want to talk about it. I said, Sure, you have. Every one of us have. I said, You got old bun headed women sitting in this church who got pregnant before they got married, but they think nobody don't know about it. I said, They covered it up years ago. They think nobody don't know about it. I said, Why don't y'all quit being silly? And I went over and told the pastor, well, I found it. He said, what? I said, I found the problem. I found what shut your revival down. He said, well, what is it for God's sakes? I said, that little piano player over there that y'all throwed out. I said, God won't put up with that. God won't put up with that. I said, she's a child. She's 15 years old, for God's sake, and you freeze freezing her out of the church? I said, I'll tell you what the remedy would be for this, and if you want to do it, it's good, and if you don't, well, I'm not coming back tomorrow night. He said, but what is it? I said, it would be for uh, some of these old ladies to go down there to her house tomorrow evening and take her some shower gifts for the baby. I said, "Now you find out tonight before I leave if they want to do this, and if they don't want to do it, I'm not coming back, because we're hung up right here." So he gets that old group together on the side, and he said, "Brother Nugent said, and I prayed part of them through." Said, "Brother Nugent said, y'all need to go down to her house and take her some shower gifts, and invite her back to church tomorrow night." They said, "Well, if that's what he thinks." And so the next afternoon, at 3 o'clock, they went down to the little girl's house and took some shower gifts. And I said, while you're down there, tell her you're sorry she hadn't been to church and you've been missing her. She don't have to play the piano to come to church here. (laughs) I said, Pastor did the right thing. He did the right thing. But you adding on punishment don't need to be added on. And so the next night, they brought that little girl in, and uh, she was lit up and happy, came in and sat down right up in the middle of them, big pregnant, sat down, and the service started, and she started weeping and crying and praying and prayed right on through, and suddenly there was a change, there was a shift in the atmosphere that church. You could feel it when it shifted. And God sent a revival and we had 57 adults pray through in that little church in the next few nights. You see if God hates anything, it's self-righteousness. His strongest condemnation Was for the Pharisees. He said, You're a bunch of snakes. (laughs) If we could live holy for God without getting self righteous, God can do anything with us. If we can be separated and not be self righteous, God can use us to do anything, but you gotta come off the road and get down in the ditch and say, I'm gonna pay this bill. You take care of him till I get back. Oh, we learned these little stories in Sunday school, but they didn't bleed all the way through. I'm going to be responsible for this one who's been beat up and left and walked around, the religious folks walked around them. I'm going to pay the bill on him. I'm taking care of him. (laughs) We got a house. Been my vision for years. One came up near the property, and, and I bought it. And we got a house. That it's just for women coming out of jail. This one is. We got a men's house, too. but this this women's house just for women coming out of jail. Don't nobody want their folks who are just coming out of jail? Did you ever notice that they don't want them? They fail two or three times. They're in trouble. Nobody's trying to justify them. Nobody's trying to say they did they did right. We know they didn't but we got a house and a house mother and it's just for folks coming out of jail and they sentence them to us and uh, and we take them (laughs) I saw one of them on the front seat this morning at church and when the pastor started preaching about soul winning I saw her go to rocking and weeping and talking in tongues I thought yeah you done caught it you done caught it All you had was a jailhouse experience. Now you're catching the real thing. You're catching the real thing. Now she don't know what to look like yet. She don't know exactly what she's supposed to do, but it will not matter. She'll catch it. I just tell the old lamb tongues to stay off of her, leave her alone, let her catch it. Let God do what he does best. It ain't your job, it's God's job. Let the preacher take care of her. Let the preacher take care. Let let the Holy Ghost do what the Holy Ghost does best. (laughs) And when the community saw that that little girl was welcome back at that church, and that church wasn't many miles from here, when the community saw that that little girl was back, see, that's what had the community hung up. They said, if they won't let her come, they don't want me. You need more folks sitting around here with three-colored hair. And some of you got some daughters and some granddaughters. Uh-huh. <laughs> you need some folks around here with their skirt too short and their britches too tight. The young people don't even know what I'm talking about, and I say "bitches." They say it's pants, Papa. But okay. well, whatever. But "bitches" in Catahoula Parish to me. Uh, they get it. They get it. But but we got some of them around. It, it make you want to hide your face when they come by. But they don't know. They don't know. But they're gonna catch it. They're gonna catch it. If God has a chance to get to them, you know. You know what what the question is. We've all got bad situations in our life. But how do you react? to the situations that's been thrown at you. Every family's got them. Every church gets it. Oh, we've been through a hard time. I don't want to hear that. Who hadn't? We just feel like crying. Why don't you hush? Why don't you? Nobody wants to feel sorry for you. Nobody wants to walk around a pity party crying all the time. We don't want to hear it. We've all had the devil beat out of us, and I could have said hell, but I didn't. We've all had it beat out of us. We've all been slapped around, knocked around, knocked down, walked over the top of, every one of us. So what's the big deal? Let's just get over it. Let's just let God be God in spite of all that stuff. Let's just let God do what he does. I want to sit down and eat with more sinners. I'm tired hugging the same old saints. I'm tired polishing the same old apples. And and when you quit getting them in here, you start focusing on each other. Do you see old brother John? He his socks didn't match his suit tonight, poor old thing. Who cares? Who cares? And and poor old sister so and so, somebody needs to tell her that dress is too short. If I had legs like her, I'd put me on a long skirt and cover them legs. You're turning inward. You start turning inward. You start biting on each other because you hadn't got anybody to nurse. You see, if it's your girl, it's all right. If it's your girl, it's alright. <laughs> Let me, let me, let me be patient with my girl. Let me be patient with my girl. But, but I'm free to judge yours. I'm free to pull my skirt down good and long because I got three skirts. Yeah, I got three of them. I got more skirts I can hang in my closet. Well, good for you, good for you. But have a little patience. Have a little love for that one that don't have any. For that, one, they're doing. Wrap them up, wrap them up, wrap them up with love, wrap them up with love, and win them to you and to God. And all that stuff will get taken care of with just a little time, just a little time, and God will begin to take care of it. I know, I know. When we when we get outside of the kind of folks that we are, you, you know you know who we like to go eat with most? of folks that think just like we do. We're comfortable. I like to have folks over at my house that have table manners. I don't like folks that don't know how to eat. They aggravate me. Daddy and Mama was poor as snipes, but they taught us table manners. Sit down, shut up, don't talk at the table, don't whistle at the table, don't sing at the table, don't hum at the table. You're here to eat. Y'all had never heard all that. Yeah. But uh, I take folks along with me. We had a huge cafeteria in town, and every Sunday I'd take folks with me that didn't look like me. I'd take folks with me that didn't act like me. We'd go set a big table, and they had wild kids. A lot of them had no manners. They wasn't dressed right. Wasn't even dressed very clean. But I'd take them every Sunday. Finally, the manager of the cafeteria came out, and we got to be friends, Mr. Mobile. And uh, he said, uh, uh, Reverend, I, I, want, I want to talk to you. Said, all right. He said, now, I'm, I'm Cajun Catholic. I don't, I don't fully understand everything you're doing. But he said, we don't have another preacher anywhere in this town that comes in here and brings the kind of people you do and pays their check every Sunday. And he said, during the week, I see you and your wife come in, y'all bringing people. You're bringing people of all colors, all races, all kinds. People I know that you don't even know who some of them are. He said, now, I know you're not a rich man. I know. But he said, uh, we had a meeting this week, and and I I told the people that work for Piccadilly, I told all my bosses, we got a man that's bringing all kind of people in there. And he feeds them and foots the bill every week. Now he said, I want to do something to help him. And they said, uh, well, my bill, you do anything you want to. You've You've been a manager with us for 40 years. If you want to give it to him, if you think he's that good and you want to give it to him, give it to him. So he said, I don't want to do that. He said it'd take all the sacrifice out of it, but but I want to offer you a bargain. He said I want to pay for half of it every time you bring anybody like that in here. I said good, good. He said now I got a friend, and he wants in on it too. Said, good, good. And so I just kept bringing them, and they kept paying, and they kept paying. And they kept paying. And after a while, it wasn't costing me anything. It wasn't costing me nothing. I'm just taking whoever I want to in there. I ain't taking no preachers with suits on, they can buy their own. I'm just taking folks that need it, folks that hadn't had a good meal. Just taking those folks in there. See, God ain't going to leave you alone. When you get in his business, he's going to get in your business. He's going to get in your business. We were building the church. We got to the end of the job. We had invested all of our money in the building. We had spent a million and a quarter on that building. And we got to the end of it, and I had a contractor. The only one that I didn't have a contract with, he was... Holy Ghost filled. <laughs> if he'd have been in my church, I'd have run him off. But he just came up with this, this wonderful bill at the end of the job. We paid him weekly. Everybody else, fine. The good Baptist folks, they treat us right. The Methodists, they the Catholics, they treat us right. But this Holy Ghost filled fella, he got to us. He got to me a hundred thousand dollar and I'm pretty smart. I ain't never let nobody get to me like that. I'll give you everything, I, but don't try to get on me. It won't work. But he came and said, uh, uh, "These invoices, secretary uh, had kind of lost them and all this stuff, you know, crazy mess. You don't lose a hundred thousand dollars worth of invoices, and uh, you owe me." And and I said, uh, "Are you crazy?" The Catahula come out in me. I wanted to say things I hadn't said in forty years. And I'm trying to get I'm trying to get myself restrained, I'm trying to get myself under control here. My God, are you crazy? He said, Well, I tell you what, if you don't pay it, I'm gonna file a lien against the church. Oh, all in one day, all Holy Ghost filled. And uh I said, well, I'm going to go talk to your pastor about this. He said, won't do no good with the money in that church. I said, I'm going to tell him you said that. So I just went over. I did exactly what I said. I knocked on the church and got into where the pastor was. And I said, that sorry sapsucker from your church who's done our electrical work and got a got a company in this town, he's, he's, he's taken me for $100,000. And I told him I was going to tell you, and he said, wouldn't do no good. He was the money. He, he said, he's, he's not only cheating you. He said, he's a liar. He ain't the money in this church. <laughs> huh? Caught him. Caught him. He's a liar, too. And, and I went back to the church. and He said, Brother Newton, I apologize. I'm sorry. I can't do a thing about it. I don't know what to do. And so I went back to the church, and uh, I'm fixing to go down to the bank and sign a mortgage on my house to get that one hundred thousand. It's not the church's responsibility. I'm the fella that did it. And I don't feel like I need to even bring it to them. I feel like I need to go get the money. And so I, I'm, I'm preparing to go to the bank, and, and I got paid for a house, and, and I can get the money but uh, we, I called in the folks that was at the church, and we dealt down on that concrete floor that had no flooring on it yet, and it was about half dark in there. I knelt down, and I said, I got a problem here, and I need help. And uh, $100,000 ain't nothing to some people, but we'd already given. We'd already given till it hurt. And $100,000 was a lot of money to me. And uh And we knelt down and prayed. About two hours later, an evangelist that's preached for y'all some and was preaching for us, he said, it's a guy out front, and he's wanting to talk to the pastor. So I went out front and met this guy. I'd seen him before. He had a briefcase with him. I'd seen him. Uh, I didn't know him, but I'd seen him. And I went out, and he told me his name. And he said, uh, I got something here in this briefcase that belongs to you. I said, all right. We went back in that little contractor's office, an old wooden desk back there, and he laid it out. He said, me and my wife split up. I talked to her this morning. She's gone. She's left me. And she said, uh, you've been worshiping money all these years. I'm so sick of it. We don't get any attention. Me and the kids are second fiddle. It's all about money, 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 money all the time. He said, uh, I... I, uh, if you'll take that money that's in the safe, and it, just take just take a hundred thousand dollars out of the safe and take it down there and give it to that little Pentecostal church on McNeese Street, and I said, "What time did you? Uh, what time she call you?" He said, "About about ten o'clock." Yeah, he talking my language. I believe this stuff. I don't ask without. Asking in faith, and he said, uh, "So here it is." And he slammed it on that old wooden desk, and he said, "It's a hundred thousand dollars." Well, see, I ain't never seen a hundred thousand dollars in cash. We ain't talking about checks and money orders and bonds and stuff. We're talking about a hundred thousand dollars in hundred-dollar bills. Ooh. I'm from Means Lake, <laughs> and popped that thing open, and there it was, whoo, stacked ni- nicely like, uh, like dope money, you know? like dope money you see on the radio, you know. And it kind of scares me, you know. I'm a, I mean, I really don't know. What do you do with $100,000 in $100 bills? I didn't even know you could pack it all in a briefcase, but you can take it from me, you can. And so I called, the guy was assisting me, and I said, uh, Eddie, come, uh, come over here. And he came over there, and this evangelist, I won't call his name, he preaches for y'all. So. And uh, that evangelist said, who? Oh, I said, you can be calm. You ain't getting none of it. <laughs> he didn't give it for that. I said, Eddie, come over here and, uh, and look at this. And he came over there and looked at it. He said, well, what is it? I said, it's $100,000, he said. I said, would you count it? He said, well, I guess so. And so he gets there and he starts flipping through all that money. And sure enough, it's $100,000. And I said, uh, he said, what you want me to do with it? I said, take it down to Calcasieu Marine Bank and uh, and deposit it in that building fund account. And I'm going to go pay, pay that sapsucker. I know y'all don't talk like that. You sweet, kind Christian. Y'all never say a word out of the way. I know that. But just bear with me. It let me be what I am. <laughs> and, and, uh, he took it down to Calcasieu Marine. They've sold out now. They're not Calcasieu Marines. Took it down there and, and put it up on the desk. And the girl opened it up. And the girl said, my God, what is that? He said, you know, they don't like cash anymore. <laughs> the bank don't want cash. They don't want to fool with it. And he said, it's $100,000. She said, where did you get it? He said, a man brought it to our church. She said, oh, no. No, we don't want that. We can't take that. He said, you can't take money? He said, no. He said, we got we got 17 forms in there you'd have to fill out. And that man would have to sign it, and the fellow he brought it to would have to sign it, and you'd have to sign it, and I'd have to sign it, and we'd all have to sign it and send it straight to the federal government. And he calls me and said, what do I do? I said, shut it up and bring it home. So he comes back with the $100,000 still in the briefcase. And he said, what, what are we going to do? I said, let me call my friend down at the bank. So I called my friend down at the bank. I said, hey, what do we do with a 100000 cash? He said, oh, just deposit it $10,000 at a time in every one of the branches, and you'll, you'll get it deposited after a while. I said, okay, old dummy, I can do that. I can deposit that money. I can do it. And so we... Uh, that night I sat in my chair and I got to thinking about the minute we prayed and the minute she called him 10 o'clock in the morning exactly the moment now now you can believe that was an accident if you want to you, I know folks that wouldn't believe that they wouldn't believe a word of it but I'm telling you when you get to the place You quit trusting yourself and you start trusting Him. God begins to come through. I just don't want you to get so comfortable. You look so good. I'm so proud of you. But I'm so afraid you'll get comfortable. I'm so afraid you'll get satisfied. I'm so afraid you won't be in enough sacrificial strain. and you'll let the blessings of God pass by you. See, see, I don't need that $100,000 tonight. we we in good shape now. Yeah, yeah, we all get there. At one time or another in your life, you get in good shape. Everything gets smooth. But when you forget who brought you where you are, when you forget who did what he did, and you think it was you that did it, you're in trouble. You're in trouble, and it'll fall down. It'll fall down. My mother was an intercessor. Thank God for all the huge girls here tonight, all my folks. I think my granddaughter's here. I can't see you, but I think Vandy's here with my great-grandchildren. There she is, yeah. Oh, you're the prettiest girl here. Nugents are all beautiful. My grandmother was a... My grandmother, my mother was a prayer warrior and, and uh, we moved one time. Daddy would come in on the weekend sometime and move us. We just moved from one old house to the other. Beats y'all was poor enough y'all moved in one of them same houses we lived in for a long time. Yeah. But, uh, but he came in one weekend and, and we had to move out of the house we were in and wasn't going to farm there, and we had to hunt another house. So he ran out with his cousin. They just moved around all over the community. Finally went up on the Bayou Louis up there and found an old house back in the woods. There wasn't even a road to it. Not not even a road. And so uh, they wove around back there. Somebody told them it was one end. They wove around through the trees back there and found that thing. And he came, and, and we loaded up and, uh, and moved out on the Bayou Louis, that old house. We got there. And my mother, of course, she had to be the last one to come. She had to get the last of the stuff out of the kitchen and all that. And when we got there, we had all the stuff piled in the front yard in front of that old house. The truck just, just rolled through the woods and drug a trailer. And it was a mess. Everything we ever did was a mess. But y'all, y'all don't know about stuff like that. But uh, but we uh, we got up in the front yard, and uh, and Mama got out. And uh, she went up in the house, and uh, and looked around, and came back out the front door. And the house, uh, the house had caught on fire on the inside. In the kitchen, burned the kitchen. Wasn't nothing but the, the old metal showing up in the top, and, and the rafters just uh, burned and scarred. So, Mama, uh, we had a trunk. It was it was an old tin trunk. It wasn't worth anything, but it kept our valuables in it. Pictures, you know, and all that stuff. And uh mama sat down on the side of that old trunk, and uh, daddy had gone back after something else with his cousin. She sat down on the side and we were we were right on the by Louis, I remember it just being like thirty yards away from the from the Louis. And uh, she sat down on the trunk and started to cry. See, it's what you do with the situation, it's not the situation. It's what you do with it that counts. She sat down and started to cry. And when Mama cried, buddy, it was some racket on the hill. Mama didn't cry quietly. She didn't pray quietly. She sung too loud. She prayed too loud. She hollered too loud. She was loud. And uh, and she started to cry. And she looked straight up when she cried, and she howled. She didn't just cry. She had a howl. Oh! Oh! There were six kids, and she could rattle us. She'd get us going. Mama didn't just cry about nothing. She was tough. But uh, she had had all she could take. And when Daddy got back and they rolled up in the truck with his cousin Melvin, Mama was still looking up and howling, and he got out of the truck running and ran to where Mama was and said, my God, Esther, what is wrong, and she wouldn't quit. He looked around at us, warned us to explain, you know, what in the world, he's a little Cajun, excitable. What in the world is a matter with her? They said, she don't like the house. That's all we knew to say. Mama don't like the house. He said, my God, we'll find another one if you'll hush. See, see, it's what you do with the situation. It wasn't going to do her any good. fight with daddy you couldn't win fighting with him but she knew about intercession that's all that was that's all it was she she was interceding with daddy not with god she was interceding she knew what worked and what didn't and her heart was breaking and she couldn't she couldn't go any further and she'd just point back toward that <laughs> And y'all are live streaming. Hello, friends and neighbors. Daddy went to running in circles around that pickup truck and that trailer saying, load it up, Melvin, load it up, load it up, load it up. Help us kids get this stuff on this trailer loaded up and, and we pile all that stuff back on that truck and back on that trailer and hit it out of there. Do you, do you know where we moved to? We, we moved to the lot where Jamarcus is living right now. There was, there was a... A good old house there. It's been long gone. But there was a good old house sitting right there on the bank of the Bursley. Sitting right there. And we moved in that old house. And it was a clean house. We didn't need bathrooms and stuff like that. We didn't even know what it was. Never had one in my growing up years. Never. But it was was a living, serviceable, clean Old oh, house. Wow. The reason I know where it was is we took slingshots shots and shot the people working on the bridge building the bursley. That's how I remember where we were. Hiding behind the rock piles and seeing people out on the bridge say, "Ah!" That's how I remember where the house was. See, it's your reaction. It's not the the hurt. It's not the pain. It's not the trouble. It's what are you going to do about it that makes all the difference in the world? (laughs) I come as near to cussing in the church house. As I ever have in my life, when that fella gave me that hundred thousand dollar bill, I jumped around. Good God, you idiot! You ooh! I couldn't think of a word good enough for him. If my daddy would have been there, he could have helped me. He could cuss, and we was raised don't cussing. You know. I ain't gonna say it. I don't care. It don't make no difference. I'm never gonna say that word again. It's my reaction, you see. When I came to myself and I got down on my knees on that concrete, God had me where He wanted me. He had me. He was. It was a little test. He was watching me. And you know what He said when I prayed that night before? He said. If you won't ever call that man's name again, I'll take care of that for you. That's been a hard battle too. I want to tell you who he is. He still says he's Holy Ghost filled. I don't believe a word of that. God jerked that great business out from under him. He lost it all. He said, "Uh, I preached that little story in several places. And every time, every time I preach it, I get right up. I want to just call his name so bad. Uh, Could I just tell you his initials? Yeah. Some of you might know him. That would make me feel so good if somebody said, I know that bird. Bird. I know him. (laughs) But see, well, when God gave me that, he said, you don't ever call his name again. I don't know how God can be that forgiving. I don't know how he can be that good. I'm not that good. People that cheat me, I want to tell it. I just want to talk about it. It just made me feel better to say that sucker tried to cheat our church out of $100,000. I'd like to tell that all over. God said, no, no, you don't tell his name. You don't ever mention it. It's been 20 years now, and I hadn't, and I'm not going to. But it don't mean that Nugent and me don't want to because it does. It does. It's the reaction to what's going on in your life tonight that will determine whether you are blessed or whether you're cursed. It's the reaction to it all. Could we stand together? I found out God's a lot more interested in our reaction than He is anything else. We're his children, and He just wants to know what you're going to do with what I've entrusted you with. How are you going to handle what I've given you? It's not how, how much I give. It's how do I feel about it? What's my reaction? It's not measured in dollars and cents. It's not that. How do you feel about it? What about sinners? Are you willing to pray with them one more time? Are you willing to give mercy to Him one more time? One more time. See, I still sit on the front seat and uh, when I'm at the home church and, and I still kneel with people that never have left for God and they're not going to maybe, but I'm going to still pray with them. <laughs> they're going to get every chance out of me. I don't care if they kneel 99 more times. I'm going to be right there with them. I'm going to be right there. I'm going to help them. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how dirty. It doesn't matter how repugnant. It doesn't matter. I'm going to be right there with them. Because somebody needs to intercede for them. Somebody needs to. Somebody needs to. Could we lift our hands together? And let's exalt the Lord. God wants to rekindle a revival in this church that will sweep this countryside and you're the people that can do it. You're the people that can do it. You're the people that knows how to do it. You're the people that cares for uncared people. This is the church. This is the church. People don't need to be beat over the head. They don't need to be slapped around. They need to be loved. We need a love atmosphere in the church that will accept your children back and will love your grandchildren back into the house of God. They need a pastor that will hug their neck when they're unlovable they need somebody that knows how to love them and you're the one that God picked and you're the one that God chose you're the one do you want to accept the challenge tonight and say yes Lord it's me it's me God that you've chosen and I'm ready to step in to that place I'm ready to do the work. I'm ready to give the money. I'm ready to give myself. I'm ready to give my life. To see a revival in this church. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Thank God. I wish somebody would just cry out a little bit. Right out of the depth of your soul. I wish somebody cried cry out a little bit. <laughs>